Hallelujah. Children, you may be dismissed for Sunday school. Next Sunday is the last Sunday for the food bank. And then after the service, we will actually be putting the food into the food bank truck. They will have some um, boxes and some uh, bins. So next Sunday after church, we're going to be putting the food in there. So we're going to be praying and blessing, praying a blessing over it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you excited to worship? I've got, uh, I've got something this morning I believe God has stirred up some thoughts in, in our hearts this morning. Pastorally, as a pastoral team, we've talked a little bit about it, shared a little bit. And I believe this next month, I believe is going to be a month of birthing. Some of you might appreciate that, so I'll say it again and give you a second chance. This month is going to be a month of birthing. God wants to birth something in you. And as I was meditating and praying and, and seeking the Lord... I mean, it's an automatic extension, Christmas, the birth of our Savior, one of the greatest births of all time. In fact, the greatest birth of all time is the birth of our Savior, the miraculous birth, a virgin conceived via the Holy Spirit. That doesn't happen every day. That has only happened once. And that child was Jesus, and he was a child of promise. And so this morning, I want to talk about birthing, and I want to talk about the promises that God has placed inside of you. And I've got about three or four verses I'd like to share. I'd like to take them and, and read them with you, and then I want to just talk for a few minutes. And at the end of the service... I believe God wants to, through, through my obedience to the Holy Spirit, I believe I'm going to make some declarations over you this morning. I want to declare God's word over you, and I want to declare the promises of God over you this morning. So before we do that, I want to share his word because I believe faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do you know faith comes by hearing? Whatever you listen to, you eventually start believing. So if you listen to the word of God, you'll start believing the word of God. If you don't listen to the word of God, you'll start believing what you've listened to. And you don't think so? Why do you think so many kids have therapeutic sessions and a need to see somebody? Because all their life they've been told something. All their life they've been told something. And it's been reinforced and reinforced and reinforced. And whether they want it to or not, they start believing it. They start believing it to the point that they start acting out to try to disprove it. So this morning, I want to deposit the word of God in you. 
I want your faith to build. I want your faith to grow. And then I'm going to speak some words of declaration that I believe God has given me. And I expect something to happen. It says in Isaiah, his word doesn't come back empty, but it accomplishes what he sent it out for. So let me ask you, what has he said to you? I mean, I'm not even in my notes yet. I've been around Pastor Nelson. He's rubbing off on me. And by the way, they are up in Kamloops this weekend. The pastor, Andrew and Evelyn Picklick, who they went, uh, Pastor Daniel and Pastor Nelson went with them to Vietnam. Um, he passed his church on to, um, I don't know if it was his son-in-law, but he passed his church on, and this week they're having a week to honor him or service to honor him. And although I have never met them personally, um, Pastor Nelson and Pastor Daniel felt a real amazing connection with them as they ministered. And I just felt, you know what, we need to sow into relationships that God is bringing our way. And so Pastor Nelson and I were chatting, and he asked what I thought about him and, and Pastor Louise going up. And I thought, you know what, how are we going to develop relationships if we don't do some of that? So he's gone up, and he's representing us today to people we've never met, but to a kindred spirit. And uh, so we bless them, and uh, we are praying that they would have an amazing time, and I believe that there may be some fruit from that relationship. We have a new brother and a sister in Christ, and they are in Kamloops. We have a new body that we can connect with and, and fellowship with. Hallelujah. A season of birthing. I never did biology very well in school. I, I, I went to a Christian school, and it was kind of a, a new thing. So um, some of the things I learned, I did learn, and I did get my grade 12. Uh, and I did go to college, and I went to university, and I went to BCI. So I, I did pass. Actually, what's funny is, is I went to register for college. And it was at Conlin College at the time. And I had graduated. I was a 12, grade 12 grad. I went and I filled out the application and everything else and I did all the, the classes and then I went back to the school that I graduated from and I told the, my principal and I said, I just enrolled to Kwantlen College and he looks at me and he goes, well, what did you enroll in? And I said, well, I enrolled in some sciences and bio, uh, physics and, and chemistry and, and he looks at me and he goes, well, you only have grade 11 math, you know? And it's like, well, I thought I graduated. Well, the way we graduated was kind of like peculiar. We were a peculiar people. <laughs> I finished my first year of chemistry, and I sat down in my chem chemistry instructor professor um, class in his office. <laughs> I, I would call Pastor Winona. We were relating at that time. I was not allowed to date her. Um, which actually I think is a great thing because sometimes dating denotes ownership and I did not own her. We related as, I mean, I'm getting, <laughs> focus, because I'm talking about her. She says focus now. 
But I sat down in, in the principal's, in, in the principal, in the instructor's office, and he says, uh, so what did you do in chemistry? I had never been in a lab before, and I would literally pray before I went to the lab. I didn't even know how to undo a lock. And God placed a kid that I went to grade four to grade seven with beside me, and he opened my lab drawer the first time for me. God is good. I said that because I don't know why. I'm not good at biology. Do you know at the moment of fertilization, Everything genetically is complete. The sex of that child is already determined. At the moment of fertilization. I believe God is birthing things in each one of us and it's at the moment that he fertilizes and he places it inside of us, it is already complete, full, and able to, to have what is needed to grow. It still needs development. It still needs growth. It still needs time. But everything at the start is there. So when God places something in your heart, and in your mind, and inside your stomach, and he puts something inside of you, and you just start to get bubbles and, and, and butterflies, and you don't understand what's happening, what he's done is he's placed something inside of you, and what he's placed in you is enough for you to grow and develop and to, to see maturity come. He doesn't leave you, he doesn't forsake you, but he's done enough at that moment of conception and fertilization that it will bring you through to the end. So this morning I want to talk to you about birthing. We're going to spend some time this next month, next, next week Pastor Nelson's going to preach, and I'm looking forward to Pastor Nelson preaching next Sunday. Because he's going to move in the power of the Holy Spirit and he's going to touch people's lives through the power of God in a capacity that other pastors and ministers would just crave for. But God places something inside. What is the dream that God has put inside of you? What is that Inside of you that gets you up in the morning, gets you excited, gets you motivated, gets you moving. What that is, is that's God's seed. That's his fertilization inside of you. And that is enough. And that has enough in that little minuscule thing to see you to the end. Do you know after one month, do you know what the size of a child is after one month? about the size of a grain of rice. And yet, in that grain of rice is all the potential of God. In fact, even before it's the size of a grain of rice, the potential of God is there. So this morning, some of you have had dreams that you thought were dormant. They're not dormant. Some of you have had words spoken over you five years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago, 
40 years ago that you thought would never happen. I'm here to tell you that the dream and the seed that got placed inside of you is able to perform and it will accomplish what he set it for to do. Quit listening to the lies of the enemy and start listening to the truths of your friend. I find it amazing how our mind is wired to accept the negative, and then when the positive comes along, we want to argue and dispute it and try to prove it wrong. And that's, that's for mankind. Something good happens. Well, you must have done something wrong this month because something good happened to you. Murphy's Law. I don't believe in Murphy's Law. I believe in God's Law. Murphy didn't have it figured out. He couldn't figure it out, so he made rules that he just don't make sense. Instead of trying to explain it, just come back to him and say, God, I don't understand what's going on. Birthing. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles. I've got three passages of Scripture that I, I have that I'd like to share with you, and then we're going to take a couple moments of some declarations. If you can turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians Second Corinthians chapter one. This next month, you're going to see Christ like you've never seen him before. You're going to have revelation of Jesus Christ that you've never experienced before. Anybody a candidate for that? Sometimes the beginning of receiving is having a receptive heart. First, Second Corinthians chapter 1. And Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, and we're down in, in verse 19. For the Son of God, Christ Jesus, who was preached among you by us, by me and Sylvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but yes in him. I just love that. In Christ, things are yes. Yes. I've got a burden. I need it lifted. Jesus, yes. I'm depressed. I need some help. Jesus, yes. I'm struggling with something. I'm struggling with understanding this. Jesus, yes. It's not maybe. As a parent, we learn yes, no, and maybe. In Jesus, it's yes and amen. Yes, and so be it. And Paul is writing to them, what is it that you need today? Some of you are craving just to be able to spend time with them. Some of you are just going, I just wish I could feel his arms around me. Some of you are saying, I don't even know if he can reach me. Yes, he can. Yes, 
Some of you are going, well, I've made mistakes. He's the one that fixes mistakes. Some of you are going, well, I've done this. And we, we bring all these excuses and reasons, and I can understand that, but I'm here to tell you that at Jesus, it's yes and amen. He's real simple. It says in John, come to me, he says. So Paul is writing and he says, he says, was, it's not yes and no, but it's yes in him. For as many are, as are the promises of God in him, they are yes. Therefore, also through him is our amen to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us is God who also sealed us and gave us the Spirit in our hearts as a pledge. So the Holy Spirit living inside of you is a pledge or a guarantee of what Christ has said and the yes and the amen of Christ. And as I was looking at this verse, what came out to me this morning was, he's just the down payment. If you look at that, the Holy Spirit just is the guarantee. In other words, as you get to know Christ, as you spend time with the Father, it will get better and 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 better. And quit putting a limit on what God can do, but instead say the Holy Spirit's a guarantee of what's to come. And if it's a guarantee, it's a down payment. So that means there's more to come. God's birthing in you something today, and he's put it inside of you. And I'm here to tell you the Holy Spirit inside of you is the guarantee that that's going to happen. And it's going to be more than just the little seed that's placed there. And he's, yes, and amen. Children hear the word no more than they hear the word yes. And it's startling when you study it and when you look at it, how many times a child hears the word no compared to what they hear the word yes. Can you imagine being around your father who looks at you and you come to him with a need and it's yes, Now, he's not going to let you do something to harm you or to hurt you. But he's there to help you, to strengthen you, to guide you, to lead you. He's your counselor. He's your healing. Actually, I just as I, I say that, let's just take a moment right now and just pray for James. Our brother. Cancer is trying to beat him up. So I just want to take a moment, and we're just going to pray. The promises of God are yes. I believe in God for healing. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we just bring James to you right now. And we declare healing to his body in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I speak it, and I declare it. And cancer, you are cursed by the name of Jesus. And the fact that he took stripes for our healing. So you do not have the power, the blood of Jesus, and the stripes that he bore on his back are what guarantees and what shows us the victory and the healing. And we declare that and we release that over James right now. 
Amen. Because of the promise, you have promise. You want to write that down. Because you'll leave here, you'll get about 100 yards down this driveway, you'll turn left, and you'll forget that God's got a promise for you. But because of the promise of God, you have promise. It says it right there. It says that he is our guarantee he's put inside of us. The guarantee, the down payment. The fact that he says there's more to come. This is just the earnest. This is just the guarantee. I will perform it and I will see more come. I believe some of you Some of you need to get, for lack of a better word, whacked by the Holy Spirit. We chase after things to drown our sorrows. We chase after things to take our mind off this. Some of us are adrenaline junkies, and why do we do that? We do that because we don't want to face the reality of what we're looking at. And I'm here to tell you the reality of what you're looking at is Christ Jesus. Yes and amen. And instead of having a mode of operation that goes backwards, our, need, our mode of operation needs to look forward and say, Holy Spirit, touch me. Holy Spirit, would you come to me because there's an aching inside of me that I don't know how to fill, and I come to you, and he will fill you. And some of you might actually get silly. Because when the Holy Spirit comes on you, sometimes it's overwhelming. I mean, he is infinite. And so when the infinite comes on a finite being, there's got to somewhere, it's got to go somewhere. And in Acts, when the Holy Spirit fell, it said they thought they were drunk. Because that's the only way they could describe it. And some of you might actually get a little drunk Okay, I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. And Jesus, it's yes and amen. Could you turn in your Bibles to Numbers 22? What has God birthed in you? Something's going to birth in you. Grab that. Believe the impossible. Because if it was possible, it doesn't take much to believe it. Believe for the miracle. In Numbers 22, you know how, how does God look at you? Numbers 22, the children of Israel, this is nearing the end of their time in the wilderness. It's still, they're still in the wilderness, but they're near the end. And through this, if you were to look at the landscape of the children of Israel, they're, they're in the land 
of, of the wilderness for 40 years. What was some people believe was less than a 40-day journey took them 40 years. So if some of you think this should have only taken me a few years, hang on. Hang on. I'm not sure I'd say you're in good company, but it's happened before. <laughs> and they have pushed God to the limit at points. Moses has actually gone to God and said, don't kill him yet, because if you kill him, in fact, God said to him, get out of the way, Moses, and I'm going to get rid of him, and I'm going to raise a whole nation out of you. And Moses said, no, because if you did that, can you imagine what they'd say about why did you bring them out of Egypt? And so God, they have tested, and, they, and that generation, the one generation did not enter into the promises. You know why they didn't enter into the promises? One thing, they did not believe. That's a killer, literally. And here they are in chapter 22 of Numbers, and this is an amazing picture They've tested God, and yet it's amazing that when God has given a promise, he says, no, I'm taking you to the promised land. And the whole generation has, he's, he's had the ground open up, and people have fallen in and got swept away, and, and it's just one thing after another. People got sick, and, and they took the, 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 the rod and the staff, and they, they had a, lifted it up, and that's where we get the term, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. It was healing, and all these amazing things. And here they are in chapter 22, and there's another nation, the nation of Moab, which I found interesting because Ruth was a Moabitess. But this nation was a concern that they were going to get beat up. And they, the guy says, the king, his name was Balak, said, listen, if we're not careful, they're just going to lick us up like the oxen lick the grass off the field. He says, I saw what they did to that other nation. So he hires a guy, and I don't believe he was Israelite, but somehow he knew God's voice. And they hired this guy called Balaam. And there's about three chapters of these conversations that Balaam had. And basically, the king says, listen, um, Balaam, I hear that whatever you bless gets blessed and whatever you curse gets cursed. Can you imagine he says that speaking to a whole nation? Sometimes I think we're limited. I, I, I've been challenged to speak to my whole nation. And, and so he hires this guy. And this is the whole story of the donkey. Can you imagine speaking to a donkey? He's on the donkey. And the donkey sees an, the donkey sees an angel. <laughs> I, I'm going to get the DVD when I get to heaven. He sees an angel and he won't go by him. And I guess there's a wall or something because he rubs and the, and the guy's leg gets squished against the wall. And Balaam gets upset. And finally the donkey turns and says, it turns his head and says, why are you beating me? And what's amazing is he actually answers the donkey. <laughs> and some people use another word instead of donkey. But don't answer them. And in that whole picture, the guys, the king Balak goes and sends a whole group to bring him, and, and he says, I can't go with you because I can't, 
I can't speak that. I, can, I, I, I can't. And, and they, they coerce him. And I want you to see, I've I just written down a few verses out of here, but it's out of Numbers 22, 23, and 24. And I want you to see how God looks at things and how he looks at you because he's birthed something in you. He's put something in you. And the reason why is he's committed to you. He is committed to you better than any one of your best friends is committed to you. And, and, and he's talking to Balaam, and in verse 12, for instance, God, chapter 22, Numbers 22, verse 12, it says, God says to Balaam, don't go with them, you shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. They've made a mess. That whole nation's made a mess. And God looks at him and says, no, they're blessed. I'm talking about what God's put inside of you because God's put something inside of you and yet you might say, yeah, it was five years ago and do you know what kind of mess I've made in the last five years? I'm here to tell you there's a grace of God. There's a grace that covers and there's a grace that empowers. And sometimes both of them are at work at the same time. And often we're asking God for the grace that covers when we need to be asking God for the grace that empowers and strengthens. But he looks at this nation and he says, you cannot curse them because they are blessed. You are blessed this morning. Look at somebody and say, I am blessed. And look at somebody again and say, you are blessed. You are blessed. That's how God's looking at them. God calls you blessed. Flip the page to chapter 23. And listen to the description that God gives Balaam. And, he's, and, and God told Balaam, this is what I want you to say. And in verse 9, he says, And as I see, as I see him from the top of the rocks, and I look at him from the hills, and he's talking about Jacob, and in verse 8, he says, how shall I curse whom God has not cursed? He says in verse 9, behold a people who dwells apart. In other words, don't live in the same place that God delivered you out of. Don't live. God pulled you out of there. God took you out of the Egypt, and he's taking you into the promised land. And he says, these people, this is Balaam, he says, as I look at them, they're set apart. They're different. You were not called to blend in. You were not called to blend in. That's why I wear socks that look like this. Because I can't wear, I, I don't, but I can hide it in my socks. I was not, I was not called to blend in. I'm a special kind of unique I don't know what to do with that, but I'll leave it there. But he says, a people who dwells apart and will not be reckoned among the nations. Don't fit in with the rest of the nations. Stand up for God's word. Why? Because you're blessed and you cannot be cursed. 
Because if you read this discourse, here they are. And this is the Old Testament. And if you look at the Old Testament and you study Old Testament, New Testament, you don't throw away the Old Testament. What you do is you take the Old Testament and you take it through Christ and you say, what has he done? And if, it's, if he says you're not cursed in the old, it only gets better in the new. So you don't throw it away. You just say, if it's not cursed there, imagine what it is now. Yes and amen. I make mistakes. Yes, so do I. And I come humbly and I come boldly to the throne of grace. I don't beat myself up. I don't shoot myself. I come to him. I'm not a hypocrite. I am someone who's learning to walk in strength and power and learning to accept the yes and the amen. Learning to say, I am not cursed. I am blessed. And if he says it in the Old Testament, it only gets better through the New Testament because of Christ, because of the birth of Christ. And today there's a birthing season happening in you today. And it originates because of what Christ has done. And this month, the next four Sundays or five Sundays, you will be reminded again and again and again of the birth of Christ and what he's done so that you can be. This year, this celebration, this word, I just love it because to me, it describes it. Joy. Joy. We're going to have a good time this Christmas season. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have fun. We're going to have decorations up. Why? Because I'm celebrating him. Thank you, Monique. 23, verse 9. 23, verse 11. Then Balak said to Balaam, what have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies, but behold, you have actually blessed them. I'm here to tell you that people are going to come against you, and what you thought was a curse is going to be turned around, and it's going to be a blessing. Quit worrying about what they're going to say and start believing what God says. What has he birthed in you? He's birthed. Something that is supernatural. He's birthed something that's dynamic. He's birthed something that is eternal. He's birthed something that is powerful. He's birthed something that the world craves. And don't hide it underneath something, but let it grow inside of you. And the moment of fertilization, it has everything inside of it already so that it will grow up to be what God has called it to be. What has he birthed in you? I'm here to tell you, he calls you blessed. Don't come around me and tell me you're cursed. Because that's just downright lie. If you continue reading in this passage, if you go down to verse 19, 23, 19, it actually says God is a man, not a man that he should lie. God does not lie. That was a good spot for an amen, a jump, a shout, whatever you want to do. God does not lie. So when he says something to you, it is the truth. 
He's not lying. He's telling you the truth. I know somebody who does lie. And it's not my Savior. It's not my King. It's not the one who died for me. It's not the one that said, if you believe me, you'll have eternal life. It's not the one that came and gave his life for me. Because his words are true. And it says, we just read it, that in him it's yes and amen. God is birthing something in you. You need to start believing the birthing that he's put inside of you. And some of you, it's literally birthing. Some of you, it might be birthing of a miracle. Some of you, it might be birthing of a dream. Some of you, it might be birthing of what you never thought was possible. Don't limit what God can do. And don't allow the enemy to tell you it's a lie. What God puts inside of you, he did on purpose for a reason. And if you look at Psalm 139, you talk about birthing. It says, even when I was in my mother's womb, you knew me. So if you take the analogy of birthing and, and the child growth, even when it's inside of you, when nobody else can see it, it might be sitting in here and it might be moving around and it might be growing and you might be feeding it and you might be seeing, and all of a sudden, God's going to bring it to pass. Now, I'm going to say one thing here. Birthing is the most painful thing you can go through. At least that's what I've been told. I know a man cold is like right up there too. So, I'm here to give you faith, but I'm also going to tell you that as you see that birthing, you're going to have to let go of things, and you're going to have to look to him, and you're going to have to call on him, you're going to have to trust him, you're going to have to learn how to breathe, you're going to have to learn how to exhale, you're going to have to learn how to take it, you're going to have to learn how to, because there's going to be some pain. But I'm also here to tell you the greatest joy you can ever have is what you birth. The greatest pain yields the greatest joy. And you are blessed. 23:19 when he has blessed it then I cannot revoke. Hallelujah. 24 verse 9 Continuing on in that conversation, he goes back forth like three or four times. And in 24 verse 9, Balaam again is, is declaring what God's showing him. And it says in the last half of that verse, blessed is everyone who blessed is you and cursed is everyone who curses you. You know what? If somebody tries to throw a curse on me, it ain't going to happen. Because I'm blessed. I've heard the expression, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Sometimes I think we got to get a little bit of a Holy Ghost swagger. Come on. I, in fact, it's going to be like a boomerang and it's going to hit them if they think they can curse David. Because the Word of God says, whoever, if you bless me, you'll get blessed. So I would suggest you start doing that. And I'll do that for you. 
And I'm not going to go to the alternative. But if there's people out there that are cursing you, it's like Teflon. Don't give it a moment's thought. There's a verse. You say, well, where do I go? Genesis 24, verse 9. Because his word says it, I believe it. Amen. Now I want you to turn. I'm talking, I'm trying to build your faith. I want to give you the word of God so that this week you can see these verses. It's not just what Pastor David said or he came up with. These are some verses in the Bible, what God says. If you're going to argue with me, that's one thing, but you can't argue with what God says. So if I'm going to preach, I might as well preach the word because then there's less arguments. Galatians. You turn to Galatians chapter 4. And I'm going to read the first seven verses. Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he's the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the father. So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Uh, Because you are sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son. And we talked earlier about the pledge and the guarantee of the spirit. And here we see it again. He sends the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. When God's on you, you can't help but start yearning and craving and calling him. And your spirit inside of you starts crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave. But a son, and listen to this, and if a son, then an heir through God. And I'm here to tell you something. You do nothing for your inheritance. I am receiving and will receive an inheritance that I did nothing to get. And I find this an amazing principle and I want to study it myself because I believe in seed time and harvest, but I believe there's even something greater than that and that's called heirship or inheritance because I'm his son. And I will seed and I will sow, but there's something that you get from an inheritance that you didn't sow into. All it was was you were a son or a daughter. And because of that, I get that. You are a son. And I want you to see a few things. In verse 4, it says, when the fullness of time had gone. God knows the time. I wish sometimes I knew the time. But I'm here to tell you, God knows the time. And some of you, I believe it's going to be quick. And some of you, it might be delayed. Some of you, it literally might be nine months. Some of you, it might be a year. Some of you, it may have been already two years. Some of, it doesn't matter. God knows the time. 
And it says, and when the fullness, and that word fullness literally means when it was filled to capacity, God sent forth his son, the promise. You want to see an amazing thing? You read the first three or four chapters of Matthew and write every time you see the word and the promise was fulfilled or this was what the prophet said. In the first four or five chapters, I think there's four or five times, just there alone, talking about Christ and his early years. God knows the time. In verse 5, it says, So that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption. He redeems, you receive. He redeems, we receive. The word this morning is, he's here to redeem you, to call you his son. Are you ready to receive what he has for you? What is the seed he's put inside of you? And the last thing from that passage, you're no longer a slave, but a son. I'm going to say something here. Quit thinking like a slave. Well, that's, that's just me being humble. Get over it. You're a son, a daughter. You're a child. Now, yes, I know there's, an, there's a maturing process, and when you study this context and this passage, it starts from an immature child, and that's why they're under guardians and under tutors, but that progression happens, and there's a maturity happens. And when the maturity comes, you no longer are a slave. You're no longer considered in the same capacity. You now are considered a son, and because you're a son or you're mature, you now receive the full inheritance. Quit talking like you're a slave and start talking like you're a son and a daughter do you walk into your mom and dad's house and go woe is me oh i know good i don't deserve to be your child no we don't do that I don't do it in god's house God's birthing something. In Isaiah 43, it says, I'm going to do a new thing. A road in the wilderness. And as I listen to the rain on the roof, he talks about a rivers in the desert. In Philippians 1, verse 6, Paul's writing to the Philippians, and he says, he who begun a good work in you will complete it. God has put something inside of each one of you. I want to read a, something from my wife, and then I want to make some prophetic declarations. Pastor Winona sent me this note. I see his rain pouring down upon his house. I'd like you to close your eyes as I read this, because I'd like you to try to envision this. Picture this. I see his rain pouring down upon his house as the drops fall and just about hit his people, they burst forth with provisions. His rain coming and it's just about hit the people and they burst forth with provisions. Healing. 
If I say something here and it touches you, identify with it. A house. A car. Money. Wisdom. Peace. Friends. Whatever you need. He himself was and is bursting over you right now. I'd like you to keep your eyes closed. And I'm just going to make a few declarations. It says in Job, you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. And I want to decree some things over you. And I believe they're going to be established. For instance, you're the head, not the tail. I declare that over you. You are the head, not the tail. I declare that people are going to come to you to borrow money. You are no longer going to be borrowers. You are now going to be those who are lending. I declare over you the birth pangs that you maybe don't understand, you're going to start to see. And the things that you thought would never happen, all of a sudden you're going to see, just as a pregnant woman, you're going to see the visual of something growing inside of you and around you. And people are going to see something growing in you and around you because God is birthing something in you. I declare a new season. And because it's a new season, the old season is over. I declare rivers in the desert. When other people say it will never happen, I declare that it will happen. I declare an open heaven over you. And what you thought was impossible actually becomes I am possible. I declare that you stand blameless and righteous before your king. I declare the days of beating yourself up are over now. I declare over you today that his goodness will go before you, around you, beside you. It will actually overtake you. I declare to you today that in the presence of your enemies, he makes a table that you sit down and that you rest and you eat. And it doesn't make any sense to anybody else, but you are his child. And he says, that's ah, my child. And in the presence of their enemies, I will cause them to come and to eat at my table. I declare over you peace. I declare, literally, some of you are going to get inebriated with the Holy Ghost. 
and the thing that you thought was what other things would do, you're going to touch and get a touch from the Holy Ghost. And I declare that you are going to be so whacked out that you don't know anything else except God touched me. I declare some of you are going to lose your strength in his presence. I declare that the promise that he put inside of you, he has not forgotten. And that thing that you thought was even when you were a little child is here now and it's alive and it's well and it's growing inside of you. And that word that he gave back then is strong enough to bring it through to the end. Everything in that fertilized word is still the same. I declare that things are going to grow in secret but be born in public. I declare new seasons, new life, new days. I declare that some of you aren't going to figure this out, but all of a sudden you're going to wake up and you go, something's going on. He's birthing. Mm. Just let him. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Just start to worship him. This is the breeding ground for miracles. This is a birth. This is the birthing place for the miraculous. As Pastor Daniel said, this is the pathway. We worship you, Jesus. I'd encourage you just to stand and worship. I'd love for all of you to stand. And, and if we could take three or four minutes and just raise our hands as a unified body and just worship him and just to honor him, just sing your praises to him. Just lift your voice up and just say, I love you, Lord. You are worthy of all praise. You are worthy of all honor. Oh, I worship you, Lord. I go after you, oh God. I am desperate for you, Lord. You are my master. You're my Savior. You are the one who I trust. Oh, you are worthy of all praise. Oh, I worship you, oh God. Would you pour out your spirit on us? I worship you, Lord. Oh, you are worthy of all praise. Oh, I declare miracles now. I declare miracles now. I declare miracles now. Lord, in your presence, there's miracles happening. Oh, overwhelm us, oh God. Overwhelm us, oh Lord. You are worthy, oh God. Oh, I worship you, Lord. You are exalted, oh God. Oh, we worship you, Lord. You are worship you, Lord. That our God is yes. good. He has overcome. Let all the earth, every tribe and yes. tongue, we will sing it out. He has overcome. We will shout it out from the mountain yes. tops. 
that our God is good. He has overcome. Let all the earth, every tribe and tongue, we will sing Hallelujah. it out. He has overcome. Amen. Keep singing it. We will shout If you need a miracle, it's happening right now. Amen. That promise. God is good. Thank you, Jesus. He has overcome. Yes. Let all the earth, every tribe yes. and tongue, we will sing it out. He has overcome. We will shout it out yes. from the mountain tops. That our God is good. He, he has is overcome. Let all the earth, every tribe and tongue, we will sing it out. He has overcome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd like to do something a little different in closing. Um, this, this might sound strange, but I believe I can show you biblical precedents. I'd like to take five seconds, ten seconds, and just kind of shout and cheer as if you were cheering the Canucks or the Oilers or the Canadians or your favorite team but we can get all hyped up and I'm talking literally this might even involve a bit of hype this is emotional okay I'm not talking about something deeply spiritual I'm, I'm talking literally about something emotional can we take a moment five seconds and just give him like like He's worthy of it, and, and he's worthy of everything. So I'm going to count. I'm going to go five, four, three, two, one. And when I get to one, we're just going to shout out. And we're not going to care who's beside me or around me. It's like the Stanley Cup of King of Kings is just one, and he's been in here. Five, four, three, two, one. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Have a, an amazing week. Friday night, banquet, Christmas banquet. If you haven't bought your tickets, get them now. Pastor Brenda's going to be outside. Hug somebody's neck. Bless them. Tell them you are too blessed to be stressed.